Ladies and gentlemen, what's good, y'all? Even though we are in the middle of quarantine hell, I guess you could call that a term. I'm not really sure. But the point of the matter is, while everybody else is down on their luck trying to scrape things together while their jobs are, you know, so-so, I mean, obviously, everything's canceled at this point in time, but still, we here at the We Are Rising podcast are here for you, and, you know, we hope the world, you know, gets back in a better place, but still, we're here to talk some MMA. We're here to talk some good old MMA, and in case you haven't noticed, this is the We Are Rising podcast still. We cover fights, well, actually, no, we cover all things about the Rising Fight Federation and Japanese MMA, and occasionally we shoot the shit whenever we make time for it. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92. My podcast partner, Andrew Benjamin, is at AbenjamInOne. And our show podcast Twitter is at WeAreRisingPod. B-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. Of course, my podcast partner is Andrew Benjamin, who's all the way up in New York, having to go through some of that quarantine hell. How are you doing, sir? Ah, uh, yes, quarantine hell is an understatement. Um, basically, New York is 100, 90% on lockdown. Um, people aren't going outside. I, you know, the, you know, it's so funny, the media is, like, showing all those photos of those, like, videos of, like, the, the kids in Florida and all that stuff. Nothing like that's happened in New York City. People, things are, like, New York City, I have not seen Manhattan this sparsely, I guess, populated, like, ever. I can't remember, I can't recall any time I've ever seen, seen the city like this. It is, I am baffled. It's, 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 it's like, it's not I am legend level. But it's, it's like closest to I am legend level where it feels like where the where is everybody? This is a city that never sleeps. Everybody is supposed to be here. All these tourists, all these, all these people are supposed to be here, but they're not here. They're they're inside. They are inside doing, I guess, watching Netflix or playing Call of Duty, because um, that's what I've been doing: playing video games, not Call of Duty. Um, but you know it's fun. You know, I it's. It's funny to just see the whole world basically, oh, oh I, I guess as you can say, Seth Rollins uh, theme music goes, burn it down, burn it down. We, we've had UFC shows canceled. We've had Ryzen shows probably going to be canceled. We've had New Japan shows canceled. And it, was, it was virtually like, when it comes to like an entertain, if you're a basketball fan, the NBA had to put their shit on hold. If, if it's a, if it's a, it's, a good amount of the entertainment and things that people take it for granted are gone or not operating anymore. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, you say that I'm a basketball fan, and it is true. Basketball is the first sport I grew up loving because I've been a fan since I was like two. But you talk about, you know, basketball being canceled. Around this time of the year, March Madness will be happening. Exactly, yeah. Um and um it's it it's it's an indefinite uh, amount of time. I don't think the uh, NBA ever ever said uh is is Bud Selig still the uh, NBA commissioner? Uh 
No, you're thinking of David Stern, and unfortunately, David Stern died on New Year's Day. Adam Silver is the commissioner ah, okay. of the NBA. You're thinking of Major League Baseball and Boy C League, which, of course, he's no longer the commissioner. I mean, he's no longer the commissioner of baseball anymore. Rob Manfred is. And unfortunately, Major League Baseball had to push back their season like a couple of, I mean, they had to push up their season a couple of weeks because of this. So now they're most likely going to start in mid-May, just like the NBA and NHL are planning to resume in either mid-May or mid-June. Yeah, I mean, is there anything different that's going on in your life, Christian, down there in uh, the near Houston area? Well, aside from, I mean, aside from me still not having a job for obvious reasons, I me, mean, I'm doing all right. Aside from my asthma being a pain in my ass. But, uh, but yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm not really getting out much, so I probably wouldn't know how to maneuver around closed streets and areas. I mean, I do know that Whataburger is still selling their stuff 24 hours a day through the drive-thru, but... Other than that, you know, I'm doing all right. I can't really complain. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially somebody, you know, you have asthma. You have, you're more susceptible to this coronavirus than someone like me who does not have asthma or breathing issues. So, uh, for you, it's probably a little bit more, um, I guess, frightening, would you say? Um, it's not really all that frightening because thankfully I do have an inhaler. I mean, thankfully I do have an inhaler to calm my ass down. But other than that, no, I'm not really all too frightened by the coronavirus. I'm just frightened for everyone else. Well, I, Texas hasn't really seen a big spurge of cases, if I'm correct, right? It's still like a pretty low number compared to, you know, obviously New York City where I live. Well, obviously... I mean, there's more cases in New York City than there is in the entire state of Texas, least alone my little corner of Southeast Texas in the Houston area, combined. I see, I see. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I hope that everybody's staying as healthy as possible, you know. Social distancing, word of the year, apparently, that'll be. And, uh... yeah. By the time this year is over with, I'm pretty sure social di- I'm pretty sure social distancing will be the new safe word for get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, uh, uh, be people will use that on their on their uh, on their dating profiles, or you know they'll say that they'll they'll use that to say to somebody you know oh we need to have some social distancing when they want to like separate or something I don't know. Right, oh. of course, <laughs> but still. Speaking of social distancing, while the rest of the MMA world either had to cancel events or outright do shows behind closed doors, like what the UFC done in Brasilia Federal District Brazil over the weekend, or what Cage Warriors is doing as of this recording, since tonight is March 19th, they're they're planning to do a show tomorrow, March 20th. You know, in the middle of the afternoon behind closed doors. But while the rest of the world but while the rest of the world sheltered in place, a new MMA promotion opened up at the hands of current Heat Megaton champion Rocky Martinez, and that promotion 
this brawl international, born from the ashes of the old Pacific Extreme Combat promotion, which shut its doors in the fall of 2016. Now, you basically have a story talking about how the process for brawl came about, or actually how the first show came about, right? Yeah, well, Rocky Martinez um, wasn't entirely 100% him. Um, he worked with a gentleman by the name of Melkor Manny Busen, um, who I think ran the original PXC. I could be wrong about that. Um, uh, not to mention, I think he also fought in Deep and Dream, right? Let me go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he does now, a, how do you spell his name? Melkor? Melkor, M-E-L-C-H-O-R, Manny, M-A-N-I, Busan, like the, uh, like in Korea. Oh, right. Melkor, the Barracuda, Manny Busan, who obviously fought in Dream and Spirit MC in South Korea. But he lost all the way back at Dream 11 to... Tatsuya Kawajiri, that was back in October of 2009. But please continue. Yeah, and um, he uh, he uh, he came to Rocky. He was like, "Hey, let's start another. Let's 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 uh let's make a promotion in Guam because Guam has had a uh, uh I guess to say MMA deficit since the closing of PXC. And just for just to put some perspective on on the uh, P PXC, that was one of the more that was one of the premier regional promotions of MMA around the world. I'll tell you who's, who got started there. Obviously, you know, people like Rocky Martinez, uh, uh, Frank Camacho, uh, but also Yusuke not... Yachi. Yusuke Yachi. But it wasn't, you know, currently there's a UFC uh, champion who was on there as well and also champion of that promotion as well. Alexander Volkanovsky started there. I wish I say started there, but... Ma got his first major championship there uh, as a featherweight. So, mm -hmm. not to mention, if you think about one FC fighters, Sebastian Kadistam, who is a champion in one FC, also got his start in PXC. Yeah. So basically, it was one of those promotions where if you if you were there and you were successful, you went on. You were going to go on to bigger, better things, whether it be UFC, Bellator. You were going to go on the big things. Yes, exactly. I understand. Rising, all that stuff. But, you know, it, it it was at a time, though, when there was a lot more... MMA had a lot more, I guess you could say, A-level regional promotions. Really, there's only... Mm -hmm. I think the only there's only two regional promotions uh, that I would consider uh, a even close to a any, anywhere near A-level. That's probably the... Ring of Combat in New Jersey, and the mm -hmm. and the uh, CFC. Uh, is that what it is? CFC, the one that uh, CM Punk commentates for? No, it's for now, No, it's actually CFFC. CFFC. Cage Fury Fighting Champion. Cage Fury, yeah. I guess you know you can maybe say Cage Warriors. Um, but I'll be honest. I think that Cage Warriors. Uh, I I don't know. Compared to, I don't know, like a Bama. I think Bama had produced a lot more talent. Um, that that and the fact that when it comes down to you know my MMA fandom, obviously I'm gonna automatically assume that Legacy FC, I mean Legacy Fighting Championships, promoted by Mick Maynard, who is now one third of the booking team in the UFC, 
he pretty much helped people get careers in the promotion. Hell, Henry Sejudo and Derek the Black Beast Lewis got their start in that promotion as well. Legacy Fighting Championship before merging with Ed Suarez and the Resurrection Fighting Alliance to form the LFA. Mm-hmm. And but they're they're are they running anymore? Weren't they on um Access TV? Yeah, they were, but unfortunately they got sh- well actually they didn't get shit canned. It was more like a hostile takeover of uh, Anthem Sports Entertainment. I mean Anthem Sports and Entertainment. So they're taking over the Access TV offices and closing down the Dallas set. I mean closing down the Dallas workplace, the Denver workplace. Just to make New York and Los Angeles central hubs. So yeah, so basically, like LFA, Legacy, Access, whatever you want to call it, it, it is for the most part dormant. I won't say dead, but I'll say no, dormant. They're not dormant. Oh, they're not. Just a, they fought. I mean, they more recently moved their shows to the Fight Pass. Oh, oh yes, I forgot about that. Yes, okay. Um. Okay, so I won't say they're dormant, but I'll definitely say that they were that they're not as premier as probably they were before the merger or before they got kicked off of access. Um, but yeah, so basically, yeah, PXC definitely you could say was one of the top, I would say top five regional promotions worldwide where you uh, for for MA fighters to get their start or to at least you know make a name for themselves or or to win a big championship. But after that closed down, um, see, the Guam had nothing. You know, it was it basically became uh, a dry a dry desert of MMA. You, I mean, you had the Spike Twenty Two gym, uh, but most of those fighters were going to fight in Japan and Deep and Ryzen, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, or UFC, I should say. But also, yeah, but there was nothing homegrown going on in the in Guam itself, um, and so. I get the idea of Brawl is to help bring back MMA to Guam. They call it the Champagne of MMA. And let's talk a little bit about, about what they, their whole, the whole thing that they, that they did. So their whole thing was they wanted fights to not be, go to a judge's decision. They wanted fights to go to a finish. If it doesn't go to a finish after the first two rounds or after the time, I'll say, then it's ruled a draw. And they basically follow most of Pride rules except for for knees on the ground and stomps, mm-hmm. but with the exception of the of the judges of the judges' decision. Um, there's a great article um, from the Guam. Po- Let me just double check where uh, where it's from. Uh, but I sent you that article, uh, uh, Christian, as well. Uh, the, it was from the Guam Daily Herald. Yeah, uh, Pacific, the Pacific New- Daily News. Pacific Daily News, and they basically gave a great amount of background on this show, um, particularly that its budget was ninety thousand um, dollars. They required a dress code, a formal dress code for the audience. Uh, none of the fires were paid, as it was an unsanctioned. So you know that probably also explains why there was no judges as well. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, do, 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 do. Normally, fights would go through the Guam Unarmed Combat Commission. That's a funny name for a nickname uh, for for a government a government uh, body, the Unarmed Combat Commission. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, and also basically their commission is called guap, right? Yeah. Yes, basically, yeah. And um, uh, also they had a uh, a a a best dress vote or best dressed uh, award for one of the audience members, which I I don't know who won that. We won't be talking about that because I have no idea who won that. But um. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, at the end of the run through of these bizarre. Yeah, you know, this show. It also, this show also took place at a at the Dusit Thani Guam Hotel. Basically, you know what it reminded me of. You know how Road FC always does their major shows at that hotel in in um in um Seoul. Um, mm-hmm. it reminded me of that, but with less production value. I'll say. <laughs> Um, but this was her less production value and an even shittier commentary team. Um, we'll talk about the commentary team as, as the show goes, as, as we go on. But for the most part, this show, there was no name fires on the show. It was mostly people who were either O and O or had under 500 records. As one gentleman will talk about a super under 500 record, as you said, told me off air Christian, which I thought was funny. Um, and, um, all people who have like one and one, four and three, nine and seven, you know, those types of records. So we, no world beaters, no, no top tier fighters, definitely people who I would definitely say are not, should be part of any worldwide ranking. Um, that's not a slight on them. It's just because that's how, you know, they're, you know, they're not at that level yet. Um, but, um, the, the show aired on YouTube as well. It was live, free on YouTube. Uh, and, uh, it's, I think overall it was a good show. I'm not so sure if you can fully make, you can, you can win a prom. I know you, it's, it's an interesting, different take to have your promotion be no judges, but as we'll talk about I think it's going to probably not be, it'll probably not work. In the, it's good in theory, but it's just in execution, at least for, for the talent that they're hiring, it may be not good in the long run. Um, with that being said, Christian, should we talk about the very first fight of this, uh, the first inaugural brawl show? Uh, yes, but before we, you know, get underway, obviously, you know... It comes down to the Focus Fight YouTube channel, which, of course, I will mention it once, and then I'll mention it at the end of the show. Focus Fight is where we cover, you know, combat sports from all of Monster Combat Sports, world the scenes of six of the seven continents in these worlds we've mentalized. You can search for us on YouTube via Google or YouTube. Just type in Focus Fights, because we don't have a proper URL, but still... Point of the matter is, the thing about, you know, how they did the show open, you know, the parade of fighters, the singing of the national and terrestrial anthems, I mean, territorial anthems, which, of course, I did not know that Guam had a anthem. I did not know that either. When they said they, when, when they were doing the the American uh, national anthem, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot that Guam is technically a principality of the United States. And then they started doing the Guam, the, the Guam, the Guam an anthem. I was like, wait, I didn't even know that Guam had an anthem. I just assumed it was probably the American one. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know because I did not know that Mom had a anthem, period, until I listened to the actual version of the song, and it had like a fucking 80s feel to it. <laughs> but still, point of the matter is, the way that the intro was done, I had to hand it to them because, <laughs> I mean, they took a little bit of a page out of Ryzen. They took a page out of... I mean, they basically took a page out of Ryzen, Sengoku, and Road FC. I mean, and one FC, of course, but it came down to doing the opening fire intros because... I mean, if you think about it, would you basically say that the Parade of Fighters is probably the most... I'm honored of MMA show traditions that just separates, you know, everybody else from what you would normally see from an MMA promotion. Sorry, Christian, you broke up a little bit. What was your question again? Basically, what I was trying to ask was, do you think that the Parade of Fighters bit that Brawl International done, and obviously other promotions like Dreams and Goku, Ryzen, one FC, Road FC, and others. Do you think that that particular tradition is what separates other promotions from stuff that you would normally see from an MMA promotion? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they did say that they were trying to, you know, emulate Pride with the Pride rules. Um, you know, we know that Bellator and certainly UFC never do that. Um, yeah, you know, I think it was definitely. I, you know, it's got it's good. Especially here's the thing. I like it more when it's special when it's more unknown fighters or fighters who I don't know. Because you know you're gonna want every opportunity to try to remember who these guys are, and it's a great way to to get the audience to just remember them in general. If you just have you know you have them come out after they do the promo videos and all that stuff, you know it's easy to forget them. But at least it's another way to get reminded of who's who and all that stuff. So I, I do I, I give him I give him very major props for, for doing that. Right, right. But enough of all the bullshit. What were your thoughts about the rules of this show? Okay, so I like Pride rules. They kind of, they've all been modified, you know, uh, with no knees and no stomps. Whatever. I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. That's 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 not a big issue. Um. The issue I'm going to have is all fights must end in a finish. If not, it's a draw. It's a great idea in theory because, you know, it's so funny because this, you know, this show came at a time, you know, when I think MMA judging has been under intense scrutiny for many reasons. Uh-huh. And, you know, there are times where the judges are wrong, but there is, but I would say that like 90% of the time judges are right. Uh... There, but the problem is, is that when you have, it's, if, what this show almost happened, what almost happened with the show was that almost every fight, I thought that every fight was going to end in a draw by like the intermission, because that's how it was going with every fight. And here's the thing, for a show that says the finishes are what matter, you don't want that to uh-huh. happen. You want like one or two draws, maybe at most, not half the fights to go to a draw. It's you know basically, basically, and I just 
started this comparison watching this show, but you remember that old HBO boxing show called KO Nation? Um, hmm, why am I, I never saw the show, but I know the name. Yeah, it came out in like the early 2000s when HBO was thinking of, I mean, was filling the void for having afternoon boxing cards, I mean, Saturday afternoon boxing cards on premium cable television when there weren't any on regular television. Mm-hmm, mm. Yeah, but basically the one thing that I remembered from, you know, me watching all these old fights from that particular show, which was up on YouTube, is that most of the fights on KO Nation ended in a decision. Ah, I see. I mean, basically, when, I mean, it's akin to what happened in the first four fights of this card. You don't want, you know, to have a show where you're going to say, oh, the only way to, I mean, there has to be a winner, there has to be a loser. If not, there's a draw. You don't want that to be the main focus of your promotion when, really, your promotion's supposed to be all about finishes. Yeah, exactly. You know, the whole thing about, the, you know, this this, this promotion, what was it, no judges, no bullshit was like their tagline or something? No judges, no rules, no bullshit. That's right. Yeah, no, yeah. Um... I would definitely think that the rules have to be modified in some way. Either, you know, like maybe an overtime, maybe. You know, do what, I don't know, EBI rules or whatever. Or, you know, like an, a kick extra, you know, round or whatever. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. Half these fights on the show went to a draw. And, I, you know, it's actually interesting, the fights that did go to draws. Most of the fights that went to draws were fighters who were not... Who don't have, who didn't have good records, or this was their first fight. That's the th other yeah. thing as well. Fighters who are at a top tier level know how to finish, or mm -hmm. at least or that's why that's that's why they're at a top tier level because the idea of the fight is to finish it, to choke, to submit them, to knock them out, whatever. But the problem is when you have people who are just starting out, they're still they're still willing to run the ropes, as they say. They just know the, they know how to punch. They know they don't know. Like, and we'll talk about this the Ben Schneider fight. Where he kept on taking down uh, his opponent, but was not even like capitalizing on it. And I think that's, right. that's, from, that's just from him being a terrible fighter, not so much lack of experience. But that's the th is that you that's the risk you're gonna run. You know, if they had you know they had regulars like Rocky, if Rocky Martinez was on this, if uh, Frank Camacho was on this, if uh, uh, they had some well, Frank Camacho is still in UFC if I'm correct. So, um, but like other fighters who were from that or that train Guam. You might have, you might be able to, to you have people finishing in more often. But the problem is, you're O and O. You know, it's you may not know. You just you may have been training full time MMA for three or four years, possibly. And who knows? Especially because you know we know like Guam, the MMA scene is dry up there. These some of these people probably never had any amateur fights. Even probably they probably had practice fights, but never like an amateur level fights. Uh huh. So, I mean, yeah. I can agree with you because, you know, you don't want to have a bunch of novices get thrown right into combat, you know, just because they think they can fight. You want to have trained professionals that know they can fight. And one of those comes with, with you know, knowing 
when to finish or how to finish. And if you don't, if you don't, then, you know, you know, there's a reason why, you know, uh, you know, it, why, why, you know, the fighters who don't finish tend to be the ones that fans don't like because you just know it's, you know, you're going to be in for usually just a boring ride. So, uh, yeah, I think the, these rule, the rules have to be modified no more to like, you know, I know the, they, they're either going to have to get judges or they're going to have to do like a referee decision or something. Um, but I'm also going to say they have to get a better referee as well because the guy who refereed all these matches was absolutely terrible in some of these fights. Um, anything else that we should cover before we get into the fights, Christian, that you can think of? Oh, actually, I got an idea. What, uh, the uh, square cage, what do you think about that? Hey, it's unique. I mean, obviously, Victory FC used it in the States and Kansas, obviously, for a few years before they closed down. There's a promotion out in Poland that uses it to an extent, and they have done well so far. I think I've seen, like, a rising alum compete on that card. I think it was the Polish Laura Croft that started Kikaj mm. for that promotion at once. I mean, part for that promotion once upon a time recently, but yeah, square cage is unique because it cuts off. I mean, because it cuts off all that. Well, actually, what am I trying to say? It's basically unique in a way that if you get taken to the corner, you're gonna have to fight your way out of there. Yeah, I also just I also just think aesthetically, it's much more interesting. Um, they could have just gone with a cage or a ring. But I think I, th- I the idea that it's square just it looked more different. Uh, and I think I think presentation wise it worked a lot I, I think it worked very well. Uh, I don't know about white though. The problem is that when you use white on anything, as it you know, if, if you don't have any good lighting or production people, it's good and this happened with, with, with the videos that Sometimes the white will bleed out, and it'll look, it'll look like you'll get like, it'll bleed out into the in, in, on the screen, and, and it becomes hard to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they should. I think, I did see that that, that the logo was red. Um, I think maybe they should they should switch to like a red canvas, not a white canvas. Right. Uh, nice. So if somebody gets, I mean, so if somebody bleeds. It can blend in, right? I guess so, yeah. I think that's probably why they also went white, because they were hoping to get a lot of blood, but that really didn't happen. I think, I, I just think that red would just, would just look, would look better. White is very hard. You need, you need real A-grade professional photographers or cinematographers to work with white. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's a, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a, they, they, white is used to color balance uh, most uh-huh. things. So using white as a backdrop is very, it's not frowned upon, but it's very rare. So I definitely think they should go with another color next time. In most promotions, you do see they usually use like a black or a dark canvas, just because it's mm-hmm. e- darker. Dark is easier to light. Right. Also, right. you know, also some of these uh, Korean fighters that they had on the show were very pale, so like they looked like Seamus, mm-hmm. you know, when uh. The the light the light from up top and then the uh from the uh chandeliers 
uh, and then the uh, reflecting off the canvas. It looked it, it aesthetically it doesn't white doesn't doesn't work. Now if all of your fires are black, you could maybe get away with it. But uh, I don't think I don't think that that guamanes are tan, but not that tan to get away with it. Right, right. But enough about all that. Let's go ahead and get to the first fights on the card. And just to, you know, clarify things, the first two fights on this card were novice fights. So that means two five-minute rounds. Whereas the rest of the fights on the card, with the exception of 10-minute submission international no-gi grappling exhibition, Oh shit, that's a long thing to take. But still, the other fights on the card were advanced fights, which were one, I mean, which were obviously five rules. Ten minute first round, five minute second. Other than that, there were no head, I mean, there were no stops or knees to the grounded opponent, and everything was all kosher. But other than that, the first five fights, obviously, they were just. Ah, they were just crazy, even though they ended in draws. Let's go ahead and get this first fight out of the way. It was a middleweight fight at 185 pounds. Brian Ramiro defeated... No, wait. Brian Ramiro... Yeah! Fuck. I'm sorry. It's hard to try and get these names out with your tongue tied. <laughs> but still, the first fight on this card was a middleweight fight. 185 pounds. Brian Ramiro... Faced off against Gary and Scherer, both of these men are Guaymanian, and both of these men fought to a draw. I mean, here's the thing: so, what, what I can say, it was a fun fight to watch. It, I thought it, I you know, but it was clear that these two guys were novices. It was clear that they never had been in a pro fight before, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, I as I go went back before. It clearly shows, it, it reflects, I think, in the reason why it went to a draw. Because, uh -huh. a, to me, draws should be rare. There's a reason why draws are very rare, at least in a Western MMA. Because you're saying that, that you cannot determine a winner from a judge's perspective. Um, so, but in this case, I mean, I you know, the thing is, it, it's, you know... They 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 came there to win, but they but no one wound up a winner, I guess you could say. Uh, who do you think? I mean, Christian, say you're a judge. Who would you have given this fight to? I mean, to be honest, who do you think did more damage? Uh probably I Brian Ramiro. I think Brian. You know, the funny thing is, um, Aaron Shearer. Like, here's the thing I've learned about Guamanians. They're kind of like Tongans and uh, Samoans, where you have people who have either like incredible great bodies and then you had people who were the pole opposite who were just like fat and like flabby and just like they got fat hanging off all over the place it's just funny yeah. just like that seems to be an island an islander thing yeah, that is kind of true but and, and if, but but brian ramiro i think definitely was he was the one who looked like he won the fight at least from my perspective uh, not to say that Shearer, you know, didn't do anything. He did, like, a really nice spinning back elbow at one point. But uh -huh. Ramiro was the one who was doing most of the damage uh, in this fight. So I definitely would, um, I would definitely get, uh, I would definitely probably give it to, uh, to uh, Ramiro. 
Um, do you have do you have any thought who you would give it to? I mean, I wouldn't disagree. I think I would give it to Lamero as well because he accumulated more damage. It's just the fact that when it comes down to fights like these, I mean, there's a saying that say don't get you shoot in this world, but I think it would be best. I think it would have been best for some of these fighters, I mean, especially the novices, obviously, to, you know, play it safe. I mean, they're not really advanced fighters yet. They're not really world beaters. They were just in the first they were just in the first fight of their respective careers, so basically, you know, these fighters should have done all they can to make sure to play it safe, you know, get the score I mean, try and do their best to accumulate points and all that. And then do, all, do what they can to win the fight yeah. in any way necessary. I mean, here's something I just thought of. Here's something I just thought of. Do you think that maybe, like, maybe, okay, so let's presume that the first five fights of, of, a, of a brawl show are novices or people just starting out, whatever. Maybe have those fights go to a decision, but then the post-intermission fights, which has made the more professional fighters, those are the ones that have to be ended in a finish. Uh huh. Because I mean, now, now, now you have two fighters, um, two fighters uh, who are who are now o o and one. So no, and neither one of them are either deep or rising worthy because they're. Oh God no, God no. I mean, obviously they need to gain more experience. Exactly, exactly. Um, I do know, I do know that who won the uh, one of the things about this show was that uh that two fighters were promised a deep contract. If they put on fight the night, I know which one, which fight it was. Christian does not. So at the end of this, at the end, at the end of this whole thing, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask Christian which fight, which fighters he thought won it, and I'll see if he's right. But we're just going. That was we keep that in mind that this was, uh, that 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 was promised to the to two fighters. Uh, so yes, keep that in mind. Um, right. But, overall, overall, before we get to the next fight, what were your thoughts about the about this fight between these two novices. I mean, it was a fight between two novices. It looked like two people who definitely were novices. They um it was they definitely did they they looked like they didn't have the fight IQ to to build they didn't have a built up fight IQ to 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 go off on. They seemed to it was they seemed to have been training maybe four or five months at most. And then they, you know, they needed they needed some a- nearly level amateur level fighters to start the card, you know, because you know obviously you start the card from from the least important. I should say the least important, but the least least name worthy to the most name worthy or the biggest name or whatever. And these two were clearly on that level of being O and O. Uh, so I mean, yeah. I'll again, but I'll, they listen. They fought well, you know, they fought well, but they definitely are not. Fighter, they're definitely not fighter level. Uh, they're, I don't know if I would even say that they're even brawl too worthy again. They need to get some more fight experience, honestly. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them get more fight experience. That's, I mean, obviously that's understandable. And before you go into the next fight, Christian, we got also talk about, uh, we got to talk about what do you think about the commentators to the show? I, I couldn't even remember, get their names because I couldn't even 
like copy them down correctly. Did you think that the commentators at all, on this show were at all competent? I guess you could say. I mean, they were trying to be, but it's just—I don't know. Maybe they just sounded like—they uh, just sounded like they didn't know what the hell they were talking about half the time. Even though, yeah, I understand they held their own when it came down to doing. They held their own when it came down to, you know, at least talking about these fights. But it's just the execution. It just wasn't there. Um, I had a problem with them because they got distracted very easily. Apparently, at one point, there was a fight in the crowd. Well, that was not only just a fight in the crowd. It was a yappy-ass woman who was in the crowd as well. Wait, Eddie Alvarez's wife was there? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I mean, thankfully, there wasn't. But still, it was just another woman who acted like, who acted like a complete chatty Cathy. I mean, she just wouldn't shut up. Oh, yeah, that's the other... So, apparently, someone at the... I think at the show... Uh, so, the, so when this is on YouTube Live, obviously, you know, there's a YouTube chat. Apparently, they mentioned on you on the YouTube chat that apparently the, micro, the sound was being recorded not from... directly from the, from the head... Or like, so, you know, they put the headset on and then... You know, the, the headset's put into a thing or whatever, and then you record the sound that's coming from the microphone. Apparently, the mic, the, the sound was being recorded from, like, I think they said that it was recorded off a second-hand device. Oh, you mean, like, a voice tracer or... Something like that, where, like, they were, it was, like, it was almost like it was being, sh that they were, that they were recording the audio being streamed from somewhere else. Because the audio was really off. Oh, that's not, oh, let's talk about that as well. So, they had these promos for, promo packages for the fighters, and you couldn't hear a goddamn thing. No shit. And neither could you hear the... the you couldn't hear the post-fight interviews from the from the fighters who, who won. The sound was terrible. This was... They need to fix up their sound. And I, here's the thing. I'll take that back. I would rather have them fix the sound than the picture, than the than the, than the white ring. Uh, I would rather, because if I can't hear shit, that's bad. Yeah, and that'll basically throw out the whole experience of actually watching these shows. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 the, and the commentators, they're picking up like conversations in the audience. I've actually like muted the uh, commentary because... Not so much that they were bad, but because I was hearing shit I didn't want to hear. Uh -huh. Also, you, I couldn't even hear the bell, like the end of the round bell. I heard the. Uh, they actually didn't use the bell; they used the gong. I couldn't hear the gong. I heard the, um, you know, the ten second warning, but I never heard a gong. Right. Listen, right. here's the thing. So, they, what would you think? Some of these fights would need to be restarted because you didn't hear the fucking gong. Um, here, you know, I gotta tell you, you know, Rocky Martinez, uh, uh, Curve, I don't know, however, yeah, however you pronounce his name, whoever, just hire, like, you know, someone from, like, Guam University or whatever who's, like, a sound engineer, you know, let them do their shit, because sound engineers know how to do shit like that, they'll help you, they'll, they'll fix any old audio problems that you 
that you have. And trust me, it'll, it'll be a lot. It'll be a lot uh, for future shows. You know, if you want to get on Fight TV or something along those lines, you're going to have to have better quality, better quality control and that well. You know, your first show on YouTube for free, okay, it's a pass. You know, you're learning as you go. It happens. But you're going to, in this day and age where people, you know, want high quality, they want quality content, they're going to want your want it to be, you know, look, look, look presentable. Uh, so, just an FYI, just an FYI. Other than that, Christian, let's move on to the next fight. Uh, yes, let's go ahead and move on to the next fight. And this next fight was another novice battle at 63 kilos or 140 pounds. The Playboy Kill Tekung versus Austin Hatsave. You got some really fucking creative nicknames for these fighters. I really like some of the nicknames that they have. Like, what well, you're going to be talking about the guy, Mr. Protein, and uh, Chief, and AK. You know, some. I'll say that one thing. Uh, a lot of these fighters have really cool-ass nicknames. Both the both the Guamamanians and the non-Guam fighters. Mm-hmm, I see. But still, this fight between Paul and Petros ended in a draw. I mean, what were your thoughts about this fight, and who do you think would have won? I mean, you know, I think, you know, it was, you know, again, it was a good fight. You know, clearly these guys were pro- were on a more professional le- level. I think, um, wasn't, um, Playboy 1-1 one one coming in? I think he was, I believe. Some of these fighters don't have records. So, and Tapology is really, for some reason, Tapology uh, on this show was really, really, like, behind. Um, um, yeah, you know what? You're right. Because Austin Petros came into this fight with an 0 1 record. Kyung Tech Hung came into this fight at 1 1. So obviously now they both have draws on their records. Uh, but again, you know, this, you know, it wasn't a bad fight. Um, I think that probably, definitely, Hong was the better fighter. He was controlling most of the fight. Uh, uh, and he was uh, bait. He almost finished the fight with a rear naked choke. Um, Petros, you know, but he he was a uh, he he didn't want to go down. So I give you know I give him credit. Again though, um, we def the one guy looked and had the IQ of a fighter, while the other guy just seemed to be you know it was seemed to be his first rodeo. So you know I I'll definitely say with these two guys at least you know. You could put him on another draw. Oh, so so the joke was people were calling this show Drawl. So like I was about to say Drawl um, during the, the the YouTube fight uh, chat. But I don't know Brawl. You could definitely put these guys on again. In fact, actually, probably you know these these two guys would probably be a better opener fight opener. Um, they're not rising worthy, I believe. Um, I don't know if they're even deep worthy. It's you know, but they you know they definitely put on they. You know, you, you you got a good fight, but you didn't get your finish. So it's kind of like, mm, it's kind of disappointing in a way. Just, any thoughts, like Christian? Having your cake but not eating it. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody's holding a cake in front of you, but they're saying, "No, you cannot eat it." Yeah, you're gonna get fucking vegetables, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I would probably say. Um, 
Young won the fight because he came into enemy territory and obviously he dominated the local fighter. It's just the fact that had the fight gone to a third round, I would have given, I mean, had the fight would have gone further, I think I would have probably given it to Petros because of the fact that, you know, he had resilience. He had that heart of a fighter, even though, of course, both of these guys are novices. Like, obviously, Petros was only two fights in, I mean, take your thing was only two fights into his pro career. Petros, one fight into his pro career. But it's kind of like a mixed bag because, you know, Hong would have done, I mean, obviously, if Hong would have, I mean, if this fight were a regular three, five-minute round fight, Hong would have obviously won via submission earlier on. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think Petros probably would have had that resiliency to keep going. By the way, uh, we did mention that knees were not allowed. Knees to a ground opponent were not allowed. Right to the head, I believe? Mm-hmm. So during this fight, um, uh, uh, Hong... No, I'm sorry. Um, sorry, I'm getting my fucking names mixed up. Yeah, Hong, I'm sorry. Why am I saying... Why am I thinking excuse? Hong did a, did a knee to uh, Petros' head when he was down the ground. Both hands on the ground, knees on the ground. The referee didn't do shit. And that's the other thing. we got to talk about this referee. I forgot his name. All they said was that he was a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's not an MMA referee. You need to get an MMA, MMA referee because there was also many fights in, uh, later where fighter was getting the shit kicked out of them and the referee was just staying there like he was waiting for coffee or something. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, would you much rather have a novice referee or would you have Steve Mazzagatti stopping fights early? <laughs> How about no referee? How about um, uh, like so, fight, basically like a fight to the death? Exactly, yeah. I would rather I would rather do that. Understood, understood. But without further ado, we already talked about this fight as little as possible. We want to go ahead and go on to the next and probably the more controversial draw of the evening. Sorry, Christian Mozad, you broke up. Basically, what I was trying to ask is, do you want to go to the next fight? Because I think this kind of PK'd both of our interests. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, the a heavyweight match, you know, uh, always the heavy the heavyweight issue, you know. If it goes beyond the first round, usually a bad sign. Mm-hmm, exactly. And these two fighters, well, one of them anyways, proves that he should never be allowed to fight in a cage again, even though Rand, he was only 24 fights into his pro career, so he's easily the most experienced fighter on the card, or none. But still, it was an international showcase. I mean, no, it was an international advanced division showcase in the heavyweight class between Seung Jun Lee of South Korea and Ben Schneider of Wales. This fight ended in a draw. Huh. <laughs> we got so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead with the record search. Go ahead with the record Yes. But yeah, Sung Jung Lee came into this fight at one and two, obviously. 
He fought a few times for the Rite of Passage MMA, Anzalek fighting, and the Far Eastern Federation of Modern Pancration, in addition to fighting as an amateur for Top FC. But that pales in comparison to his opponent, and his opponent, Ben Schneider, came into this brawl with a two, I mean, with a three and 22 professional MMA record, which is now 3.2 and one. Uh, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, obviously, we both know who would have won the fight easily. It would have been Sung Jung Lee, regardless. Uh, if it went to a decision, absolutely, yes. If it absolutely went to a decision, yes, he would have won. You know the other thing also? That Ben Schneider apparently came to the show by himself. Oh, you know, that, that, that was interesting. I mean, maybe he didn't want to embarrass his fight crew like he done the last 12 fights, which of course he was riding a 12-fight losing streak going into this fight. I mean, you know, here's the thing. One and two records, you know what? Not that bad. I, I know it's under 500, but listen, again... Beginning of somebody's career, maybe, you know, you you win some, you lose some. It happens, MMA fighters. You know, Johnny Case lost his first two fights in his career. Look where he is now. Now. Uh-huh. He's about to go to the PFL full time. Now, two, or no, it's three and 22. Uh-huh. Three and 22 on a 12 fight losing streak. That is something else. That is, that is not even Bob Sapp level. That is <laughs> That's not even Charles Bellamy Bennett level, dude. Exactly. That is that is I have no idea what made what made Rocky Martinez or whoever I well, again, we said these fires di- didn't get paid. You know what? Maybe he, maybe maybe he that's the reason why he was cuz like you're 3 and 22. What can you negotiate with? Probably nothing. And nothing. Probably, as they say in the wrestling world, probably a hot dog and a handshake. Yes, at most. Now, you know, I don't know what to say about Ben Schneider, but he's a terrible fighter. Like, he's absolutely, really, like, is terrible. Son John Lee, you know, I mean, listen, you know, he's only had... Three fights, like well, four four fights total now. Two, one and two. Um, he started professionally in 2018. Uh, amateur started career in 2016. He's um, I'll get the age of him in a second. Um, ben Schneider though, like I think he's like, is he like 30? I think he's like 30 or something. He's like, he's at an age when some fighters start like retiring. Let me double check on his age. Uh, by the way, also the other thing I want to point out is all the Korean fighters on this show came from Korean top Korean team. Top team. You think that was a good choice of fighters? I don't know. When you hear top team, you think that's a high level like team because you know it has a connection to American top team. Or, or in the words of our corrupted president these days. When you think of this, you think of them sending their best. They're not sending their best. I mean, obviously, they didn't really send their best when it came down to 
I mean, the first couple of fights, obviously, two of the first three fights on this card, but still, as the night wore on, they at least tried to, I mean, obviously, they put in a fucking dent when it came down to put it, when it came down to what they were showcasing. We'll talk about that later, but still, the first two fights, I really didn't see much of anything from... I mean, I really didn't see... I mean, yeah, I would give home the victory over Petros again, but I didn't really see anything in that first round. Same thing goes for... I mean, obviously, not the same thing that goes for Lee. Obviously, he would have won the fight regardless. He just needs to finish somebody. Yeah, well, here's the thing. At least those fights that we saw... At least the people they came there to fight. They were they seemed to be conditioned, had good conditioning, um, and the, but the problem with this fight is that neither fighter had conditioning. Probably less. Probably Ben Sh- Ben Schneider. Like I'll I'll always say that 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 uh, that uh, oh my god I forgot his name already. Uh, Lee Lee came in with condition with at least some conditioning, but then like Ben Schneider after the first five minutes. Okay. Oh. So Son Jung Lee is twenty eight years old. That's somewhat young for MMA, mm-hmm. you know. So he he can grow, he can uh, potentially lose some weight, all that stuff, um, if he chooses, uh, and become you know just a better well rounded fighter. Um, apart from the fact that Ben Schneider was wearing a Stargate T shirt for some reason, um, and has tattoos all over, I. Where where does somebody like Ben Schneider go in his career? Like I mean, he's basically fought all over Europe. He's fought in Russia. He's fought obviously in the UK. Is he a weekend warrior? He's like it's like definition of weekend warrior. Mm-hmm, exactly. And like total definition of weekend warrior. The problem is also is that I feel like if you bring someone like him to your organization, you're cut like. You're embarrassing your organization bringing a fighter with that record there. Mm-hmm. At least with 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 Bob Sapp, you get a you get someone with the, oh so uh, uh, Schneider his his age is thirty two years old. Oh damn! So he's at a, up the gloves, dude. Save your brain cells. He's at an age when most fighters or like a lot of fighters consider retirement. Even early, mm-hmm. some or, or even or, or younger than him. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we're both younger than him. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely would say that Ben Schneider. I would definitely like. Here's the thing: if he was at least bad, a bad MMA fighter, like on a Bob Sapp level, where he was charismatic, you know, and there was something different about him, I would at least say yes, bring him back, you know. Bring you know, get some enjoyment out of that out of that badness. In, in his case, it's just that he's just he he he's not good at all. Sun Jung Lee, you know, few more fights, maybe he'll improve, maybe he won't. I don't know, but at least there's at least room for for improvement there. Ben Schneider is, is not. You get nothing out of him. You just embarrass. You make your your organization look low rent when you get a fighter like that. And here's the thing: he doesn't have. The, the name value of like a Travis Bolton or um oh uh, who's Shannon the, Rich. Uh, Shannon Rich, yeah. At least you know those guys have name value, you know, people get, get you know, the curiosity factor and all that stuff. Yeah. 
this is you know he's not or Bob Sapp as, as I should say or an Aki Bono. Yeah, they bring they bring name value. They bring something. He brings nothing. Probably this is actually this is probably like the worst fight of the entire show, quite honestly. I mean, is it because they were just lugging around their weight? Yes. Yes. And uh, Ben Schneider also was taking down um, Lee numerous times and didn't even bother to go down. Actually, that's something I'll me- will mention before. Barely any of these fights went down the ground. They mostly were in the stand up. Now, my theory was is that because Guam is not exactly when I think of Guam, I don't think of high level grapplers. I just think of, I kind of think of you know the guys just who stand stand and bang, or you know mostly stand up guys. But I was I was wondering if maybe they were all told beforehand try to keep the fight standing as much as possible, because it was almost it was almost strange. Bare, like the only only one of these fights ended in submission. And, and like most of the other, most of the fights did not go down to ground, at all. So I was actually really surprised about that. I don't know, just a theory, just just something that was that I was thinking in my head. I see, I see. So when it comes down to this next fight, this ten minute submit international no gi grappling exhibition, which oh by the way was at one hundred and sixty five pounds. I yeah. mean, do you want to try and take the wheel on this? Because when it came down to me, you know, trying to find research about about both of these competitors, which, of course, they had no graphics, they had no entrance videos up, they had no promotional videos up about them. I mean, it's like he was just, it's like the announcer just announced them and, well, they just started scrapping. Yeah, I never heard of these two guys either, uh... Kyle Palomo and uh, Gonzo? Is that what they were calling him? Well, yeah, they were calling him that on the commentary team, but uh, the only thing, the only name I got out of him was Manolo. I couldn't figure out the other name. It felt like indistinct language. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Um, yeah, it's quite obvious, you know, so it was 10 minutes, no overtime, again, no points. Yada yada yada. Um, it was a fucking flaw. Yeah, you know. I mean, here's the thing. At least, no. Out of out of the two, I mean, out of the two fighters, Kyle Pumbo at least looked like he trained jujitsu. The got this this Gonzo gentleman, and I know it's not his real name. They just were calling that. Forgot what his what his actual name was. Um, mm-hmm. He at least, uh, you know, he looked like he didn't even have like should have been the same. He had the weight advantage. I think he was like 165. Palombo looked like he may have been 145, maybe 150. Uh, I, I can't believe that he was at 160. He did not look 160. I could be entirely wrong, but he did not look 165 at all compared to uh, Gonzo. But yeah. I mean, come to think of it, compared to how much you weigh, which, I mean, come to think of it, you never tell anybody how much you weigh, obviously. But compared to yourself, would you say that, you know, you weigh bigger than him and you're probably, well, actually, no, you're not more skilled of a grappler than him, obviously, but would you say that you probably weigh bigger than Kyle Palomo? I don't know if I'm bigger, maybe the same size. He just didn't look 165. I, he really didn't. I, I could be really wrong. I mean, he was also wearing um, rash guards, 
and uh, Gonzo wasn't. So that that maybe that's just that was confusing my 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 uh, perspective. But yeah, he didn't look one sixty five. But yeah, basically, Poamo was trying to go for leg locks. He did. He tried like an even like an Imanari roll, but Imanari rolls basically only work if you're Gary Tonin or Gordon Ryan or Imanari himself. It's very hard to get an Imanari roll just in general. Uh, he tried for for knee bars, uh, and yeah, uh, he was clearly the better grappler. But again, no points, so it was a draw. I see. Well, I, mean, I don't know. What, I don't know if, if you know. I'm pretty sure if you put, you know, Kyle, you know, maybe Kyle Palombo is maybe the best uh, rapper in Guam, but I don't know. That's, is that kind of like saying, like, you're the best ice skater in Jamaica or something? <laughs> well, actually, the best bobsledder in Jamaica. Yeah. But then again, you're not going to get anywhere near cool runnings level. <laughs> I'll say this, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kyle Palombo is, is a great guy. I'm pretty sure he's great at grappling. Um, there's just, I have seen better and you know i've seen better at 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 that level that he that he is that um you know you know i'm trying to just like i'm i'm i'm, I'm my brain is like frying right now because because it just like shut down but oh yeah you know i mean yeah i said his name before but like gary tonin uh i'll put him there uh ayoki shinyaoki even ari um yeah yeah you know it just you know he 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 looks like he he you know, I could be entirely wrong. You know, maybe on the next brawl show they'll they'll let him uh they'll put him up against a different opponent and he'll they'll submit him in ten seconds. Who knows? But just from what I saw, you know, he looked like, you know. He was going for submissions, but just couldn't that he he just couldn't uh, lock him in. Um, one of the things I've always heard is that you know that it's that you're bad at submissions if you cannot lock them in. If you, if you go for 10 submissions but can't walk one in, that means you're not good at submitting. That's what I've been told. Um, as opposed to, like, you know, you, uh, uh, if you're good at submissions, then, 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 you will, then you will be able to get your opponent in, your sub, in a submission unless they, they have, like, a high-level defense. Um, but I guess that also comes with, you know, just the level at, at what grappling is right now. Um, relative, but yeah, it was a draw. It was okay, you know. I'll say this, you know. Remember the Frank Shamrock? I mean, Frank Shamrock uh, Sakuraba grappling match. This was at least better than that. At least this had submission attempts. This had people. It had it had the fighters working, and all that stuff. So yeah, I at least give them give them that they at least tried to finish. While the Sakuraba Shamrock fight was just a staring contest. Right, right. But obviously, do you want to go on to the next fight? Because after that, it was an intermission, and nobody really cared about other than fans of popular music. <laughs> yeah, which they they blurted out apparently. Uh, they did the old New Japan thing where they uh where they um put a, like copied over like they had a audio over the music or something or they muted it or something or something along those lines. Well, actually, they didn't really mute it. They just turned it down and just. I mean, I could still hear the music, but they just turned it down. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, regardless, you know, the fights got higher level um, after the intermission. And by the way, also, really happy uh, really happy they told us how long the intermissions were as well. Um, yeah, as opposed to Ryzen. 
Yes, exactly. But yeah, we're going to get to the more professional parts of the match and also something more interesting nicknames. So I'll be happy to, to throw it over to you, Christian, for the next fight. Ah, uh, yes. This next fight was a contest at 70 kilos, well, 70.1 kilos or 155 pounds as the Chamorro Zombie. Robert Real Deal Wusty, who was obviously a former deep competitor and a former dream competitor, fought Mr. Protein, Jung Min Choi, to draw. Wusty's record coming into this fight was 7 and 11. He represented the combat, I mean, he represented the Countershot Kickboxing Academy, fighting down at Palm in the Northern Marina Islands, of course. Obviously, Jung Min Choi. Let's see. I mean, come to think of it, you probably don't remember much about Robert Wusty, do you? Um, no. Well, he fights. He like you said, he fought. He fought from Guam. He's uh, uh, surprisingly not out of Spike Twenty Two. That's one of the things I thought about this show. Is that I thought that all the fighters were gonna be like from Spike Twenty Two. Um, no, he's from. I mean, yeah. I mean, because I forgot to mention, he fought. I mean, he's obviously. Pacific Extreme Combat, a Pacific Extreme Combat alum, an Arzalet fighting alum, a TAPFC alum, and what his most recent fight up until this point, which was back on April 8, 2018, in deep. Mm -hmm. Losing via soccer kicks to Tatsunao Nagakula. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it's been two years, almost two years to the day that he's had a, that he's had a professional fight. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, his opponent... And as for Jung Min Choi, this was his first professional MMA fight. Are you sure about that? I, I, oh, wait, yes, you're right about that. Yes, 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 he has an amateur record. Yeah, he had a 1-2 amateur record. He fights out of Korean top team, Seoul, South Korea. And obviously, he was just a novice that was thrown into the fire when it came down to this. Mr. Protein. To be quite honest, when you... Watched this fight, considering the fact that Wustig obviously had the under 500 record, but the more experience going in, did you think that he did enough to win this fight, even though this was an advanced fight, one 10-minute first round, the second five-minute round? I know. It's, and it's, to it's, be it's, quite honest, do you think that we'll ever see Wustig fight in professional MMA ever again? Oh, certainly in a brawl show. I, was, I think that a lot of these these brawl shows, you know, starting off, they're going to get a lot of repeat fighters. Um, we're going to see a lot of them again. Um, Wustig, you know, hey, you know, 7-11 record, but, you know, it's so strange. Who should win a fight? The guy who has more experience, who has more, like, fight time, or the guy who has less experience and making his pro debut? It's a very, you know, that's an interesting... Uh, Interesting uh, dichotomy or, or comparison or whatever. Um, I mean, it was a good fight, you know. They definitely both were... It was it was a good fight to watch. Again, um, if I was, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, who I would think if, if uh, I, w I had to pick a winner. Um, I guess... I'll be honest, I didn't take any notes. I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm looking at, like, the highlights. And also... So I'm just, just doing, you're basically doing this on the fly. Um... I'm trying to... I... Hmm. 
Take your time, Andrew. Take your time. It's a tough. It's also tough because two two rounds is very hard to judge. That's why there's so many like of those um, draws in Japan because they would do do those like two round matches. At, uh, but it's actually two five minute rounds, not ten minute first round, five minute seconds. Oh, by the way, also I've got to mention so. So during the fight, well, in between the rounds, um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, uh, John Choi, uh, he instead of sitting on a chair, you know, you know, you do that, you sit on a chair in between rounds. Um, he just sat in the corner, like he sat down in the corner, like 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 imagine if like a parent just like sent their child to like corner to sit down. He just like plopped himself down, no chair, no nothing. Yeah, just sit your ass and time out, basically. Um, Wustig. I think I think certainly Wustig gets gets a win if it was a decision. I think he um I think he did a lot more in the second round, uh, to to come back. Um, I also think he did. I think a, a lot more damage. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts, Christian, on this fight? I mean, I would say Wustig would win too, but only because of the experience factor. Yeah. The dude, obviously, the last time he was in professional MMA, he took a hell of an ass whooping from Tatsun down Nagakura. <laughs> but I think that would have been, if this fight had an extension round, like 10 minute first round, 5 minute second, third round extension, 3 5 minute rounds, I think Wustig would have won that fight based yeah. off of his experience alone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really nothing more about to say this, about the, about this fight. Um, uh, we'll definitely have something more to say about the next fight, Christian, uh, uh, if you want to go into that one. Mm-hmm, exactly, and this next contest, if I'm trying to find the actual sizes of these men, I mean, but first of all, before we even get to the more... Finish. I mean, before we even get to the explosive fights of the night, what were your thoughts about? I mean, I know we talked about it before. But what were your thoughts about all the damn draws on this fight? Uh, well, that's that. You know, that was the issue. You know, it's it's um, yeah, it's very. It, the idea of of just doing finish only fights is great in theory, but. You know, if you don't have the talent who know how to finish, you're just not gonna get those fights. You're not gonna get those finishes, and that's one thing we're gonna talk about because this was this fight coming up was will be the first finish of the show, and you get to see that because when you see the records compared to other fighters' records, you just that's just how it is. I think that better fighters just know how to finish. They got that fight IQ, mm-hmm. they say. Exactly. And speaking of this next fight. First finish of the evening was a lightweight contest. First round, 10 minutes. Second round, 5. In the advanced division, lightweight, 155 pounds. A Sangwon Kim, the Korean top team in Seseda, knocked out Itakuyo of Brave Gym, Tokyo, Japan. Via punches, obviously, 55 seconds into round number 1. And as far as the record show, let's see here. Oh, 
Songwon came up to his professional MMA records of 6-3, and three, and obviously this was a ground and pound finish, my bad. Ichikuyo dropped to 9-8. and eight. But if you think about this particular fight, it's not so much the finish. It's because of the fact that these fighters were more experienced and both had an over 500 record. So, that, that, ask, that first of all, what were your thoughts about this fight and how the finish played out. Oh, the finish played out great. Um, uh, they both looked like professional fighters. Kim looked like the more, obviously, because he won. So, yeah, I think that as, as I definitely as I definitely said, it's just, you know, as the fights got on, we got more professional fighters. They just, there was more finishes, I think. So, will that be always the case? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but and this is a case where I think the professional, you know, it was bound to happen just because the two fighters were, were had more professional experience. Mm-hmm. And of course, for and of course for A. Song Wong Kim, he improves on his two fight winning streak as he is a veteran of Top FC, the Hex Fighting Series, and the Far Eastern Federation of Modern Pancration. Ito, on the other hand, who obviously drops now to 9, 8, and 1, the Brave Gym representative, who is a former Rachan veteran, well, actually, yeah, he's a Rachan veteran, he sees his six-fight winning streak snapped. Yeah, well, I'm also, I mean, I'm also disappointed that the, uh, that the commentators did not say that 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 brave gym was uh kazuyuki miyata's gym apparently it did not mm-hmm. dawn on them unfortunately nonetheless um i mean they it's like they probably didn't even promote that shit yeah uh and regardless though good finish finally you know i think this show probably would have had a really it kind of would have had a really big dip of energy had had this had a finish not happen eventually but you know Glad we got our first finish from uh, from Mr. Uh, not Ito, um, uh, Kim. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now for the second finish of the evening, because of course these finishes have been back to back to back to back. The second finish of the evening. If I'm looking at the card correctly, the second finish of the evening. Joey C A Cho. Defeated Masato Nakamura. Obviously, this was a you know, this was a family fight at 135 pounds. Camacho representing Spike 22, fighting out of Guam. Nakamura representing Fable Gym and Rage Gym, fighting out of Japan. Camacho knocked that. Well, actually, Camacho defeated Nakamura in 29 seconds via arm injury TKO. With the win, Camacho ups his record to three and zero as a pro. The loss, Nakamura drops to three and five. But I mean, this is the part of the fight game that you don't want to see. Fighters get injured off of takedowns and such. I mean, yeah, it's his. I mean, it's Camacho's third finish, and his fight time accumulated. No, his fight time is less than five minutes, less than the entire first round, obviously. But still, it came down to that injury where 
Nakamura was dropped off his arm the wrong way. What were your thoughts seeing that? Oh, it was gross. It was gross. Um, by the way, I had this at 125 pounds, Christian. Are you sure it was 135? Yeah, it's 135. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, gross. Um, yeah, so basically, Camacho uh, went for a takedown. He picked up uh, Nakamura. Nakamura went to post. That's what they always tell you. When you're falling down, do not post. I made that mistake on one of my first days on jiu-jitsu when I got tripped. Put my arm out, dislocated my elbow. Hurt a lot. Nonetheless, you know, I guarantee you that Nakamura will never do it again. Listen, he, he'll come back, you know. His arm is broken, but listen, you know, arm, broken arm, people get those all the time. So he'll be out for a few months, and then when he comes back, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe they'll, um, they'll, they'll invite him back to brawl, you know, maybe try to try again. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is that Camacho has had three MMA fights, all been finished in the first round. So he's definitely somebody who I think is a fighter you want to bring back. Um, definitely, you know, I would say he's deep or rise worthy. But even, you know, build up, you know, a little fight resume and brawl, you know, have him get, you know, two or three win three or two or three more wins. That's definitely a guy you can definitely have as, you know, a top prospect to pay attention to. Um, definitely, you know, there's definitely I can see big things going for uh for uh, Camacho uh, in the future for MMA if he chooses to stick with it. Any thoughts, Christian? I mean, come think of it, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing Camacho, you know, go through some more dominant competition, but then again, keep in mind, he's only three fights into his pro career, and he hasn't, I mean, even though he has accumulated the amount of fight time to last an entire first round, five minutes, the dude still needs time to grow. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. So I think that that brawl is a good opportunity uh, for it. Um, and then you know, you know, if he gets like two or three more wins, you know, maybe start shooting for a Ryzen or a deep pancreas or shoot door or something. Or heck, you know what? UFC is apparently still uh, signing flyweights and bantamweights. So you know what? Maybe maybe you'll get it. He could get an early UFC contract. Who knows? But there's definitely he's definitely a fighter to pay attention to. I think. Mm-hmm. But as far as Nakamura goes, as far as Masato Nakamura goes, I mean that arm injury. Oh, it was just, gross. <clears throat> fucking devastating. Oh, you it know, was... I hope he gets the proper care. I hope that he comes back healthy and ready to scrap again. But you never want to see. You know, somebody's arm been that way. Obviously, you've been through it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of reminded me, um, do you remember when Frank Mir broke uh, Big Nog's arm with that Kimura? Uh, think I do. I, it I kinda, think his arm kind of flopped around like that. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, hope, you know, I definitely, you know, would give Nakamura another chance. Would you, Christian, for Brawl? I think I would. But he needs to protect his arms a bit more. Yes. Oh no, he'll never do it ever again. I can tell you, it's one of those things that, like, once you do it and you get injured, you never do it ever again. Lightweight clash at 155 pounds, but these two dudes looked a little 
155. Wait, which fight is this, Christian? Oh, it's it's the um. It's the co-main event. Oh, I had that 185. Oh, oh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Yeah, it was a middleweight clash, which obviously both of these two men were a little too big for 185. Mm -hmm. Akmal, A.K. Koziev, won his his professional MMA debut, knocking out Jose the Chief Ramirez, who now drops to one and four via ground attack at three minutes, 17 seconds of round number two. I mean... When Koziel came out, people were basically complaining about his Arnold-like accent, the fact that he sounded like a Russian frat boy, which, of course, he is from Russia originally. He fights off of Guam. Still, what were your thoughts about, you know, these two fighters in particular, all the way up to this second-round finish in this one-ten-minute-round, second-five-minute-round fight? Uh, AK, that's a great nickname for a fighter, especially because his two initial, his initial, those are his initials. So great name for a uh, nickname. Um, the way the commentators were talking about AK, they were talking like he was a, this like this big star. Yet this is his like first fight, his first pro fight. I just thought it was really strange. Like, did did you get that from the commentary that they were like talking like they were like talking up him so much for a guy who was making his first pro fight? Yeah, I mean, they were basically talking up a storm about him, even though we couldn't hear what he was saying in his promotional video. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the guy he fought, uh, Jose Ramirez, hadn't fought since 2017, and la- with his last match being, of course, PXC. Um, and it was 1-4 when he came in. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, I- Ramirez was a two-fight veteran of PXC, losing to Frank Menno. I mean, I think that it's just a case, you know. I mean, here's the thing. Jose Ramirez is 27. I know his record is 1-4 now. I guess, you know, again, I think he's, you just bring him back because, again, the Guam, the town in Guam is very small, and you're just going to need fighters like that. Um, obviously, Agmal uh, AK, looked, he looked like a fighter. He moved like a fighter. He had... He looked, you know, even though this was his first pro fight, he looked like he had, had fought before. Maybe he's fought amateur. Well, I mean, judging from, I mean, he probably has a one time background, so he has probably fought before. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But here's the thing, he, he, he had the presence of a fighter. So even this was, though this was his first fight, he's still, you know, I could definitely see, you know, he's definitely a guy who you bring back, you know, for a brawl or something. Um... Maybe in, maybe you give him a shot in deep, you know, opening a card or something. Uh, but he's definitely a guy who I would definitely bring back. I would feature on the card again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, of course, in the main event, obviously they took full advantage of the 10-minute first round. But yeah. this was the main event of the evening. Spicy J. Hyuk Bang got the submission victory in eight minutes of this 10-minute first round, five-minute second round advanced rules featherweight fight, improving to five and four overall, submitting Joey Boy Chrysostomo Jr. two and five with eight minutes, I mean, eight minutes into round number one of the 10-minute first round via rear naked choke. 
With the win, Jay Shield improves to five and four and is now on a two-fight winning streak. With the loss, Chrysostomo, the native of Guam, veteran Spike 22, two and five overall, who was originally supposed to fight Jerome Cruz in a rematch of their jujitsu fight, of their jujitsu fight, drops two and five and now has a four-fight losing streak in professional MMA. Now, first of all, when it came down to, you know, how this fight was built up, obviously it was supposed to have been Chrysostomo versus Cruz, but Cruz got injured. So... Yeah, his name is still on the poster. The fight being built up. Huh? Oh, his name is still on the poster as well. You know, I think they were definitely trying to go for a... A Guam versus Guam main event, especially you know, hey, you got a rematch there. You got a little. That's a little bit of a story behind there. So it looks like they definitely were trying, were scrambling uh, for a uh, main event, probably. And you know, probably you know, probably uh, uh, Bong was uh, he was probably coming over because uh, he was you know cornering the you know one of the Korean top team fighters. So they probably just you know said, hey, can one of you guys uh, come in? And you know, funny you know. Blade replacement uh, beats the guy who uh, who was uh, was supposed to be in the fight from the beginning. You know, it's just, uh, but I'm probably I'm probably you know that that brawl wanted uh crystal uh uh crystal to win, um at least against the Korean, uh just you know so he could go out you know with a Guamanian, um went in you know with his hand raised. Yeah, that did not happen, and you know, Bong definitely looked like the superior was was. Well, I mean, he was a superior fighter. Also, the only submission uh, win of the night as well. Um, so, um, and if you look at um, at uh, at uh, Bong's record, uh, he's had uh, one other win by a uh, by a submission, a sleeper choke, uh, while the rest have been a uh, uh, decision or knockouts. Um, so I think in the case of who was the better fighter, I think from the beginning Bond was a better fighter. Um, Chris Omo, you know, uh, just you know, he had a fall, also had a fall since 20, uh, early of twenty nineteen, um, and yeah, you know, he got ousted by the better fighter. That's just what happened. You know, also you know, you know, he probably was preparing for Cruz. You know, I don't know how much time he had to, to prepare for Bond. But, you know, take that into consideration. I definitely, you know, Bond definitely needs to come back, you know, winning your main event. And, you know, Crystal Somo, just because he's a Guamamania guy. I feel, like I said, all these Guamamania guys are going to be brought brought back, whether you like them or not, just because they're going to need people to fill the cards out. So, yeah, that's how it is. Any thoughts, Christian, on the main event? Well, hey, I just... I just think it was crazy how Crisostomo had the crowd on his side. And also... Considering the fact that he was, I mean, he is obviously a member of Crazy Beans Fight 22. Yeah. He also had Ursin Yamamoto in his corner. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I definitely, you know, I also want to say it was great that the show ended on a finish. If this had been a, an ending on a draw, I think it would have really killed the energy of the show. Um, but at least, you know, even though, you know, the first, you know, Half the fights ended in a draw. At least people can remember that the show ended on what this promotion was hoping to stand for. So I at least will say that's at least a good positive for Brawl. Um, and Chris Osmo also is 29 years old. So he could still improve. He's still got time. 
Um, Bong is, uh, I think exactly. he's, a, I think Bong's around the same age in his twenties. Nonetheless, you know, you gotta give, you gotta let the winner who won your main event come back. It'd be kind of shitty not yeah, to. Exactly. And first of all, did you even pick up what he was saying in that post nope. interview? I picked up none, th- nothing, um, uh, nothing at all. Nothing. No, none of the post fight interviews in English or Korean. I was able to hear because the sound was terrible. Also, they had a the translator was like whispering, or something like like didn't oh he oh he did say the only thing he said I think he said was that he loves Guam or something right he grabbed the microphone or something said I love Guam. Well, yeah, but he also said a lot of other shit where he basically done the whole fifty one fifty routine speaking in English and Korean. Yeah, I, I I couldn't pick it up. Like we said, they need to improve the sound quality, especially you know the the in the, they need to get a digital uh, a feed from the microphone, um, and also with the videos as well the, the, with the promo videos they recorded off like a screen or something like a tr- like a Titantron or something and you couldn't hear anything. Also, didn't help that the audience wouldn't shut the fuck up as well. Um, but I that's why you get a direct get a direct feed for shit like that. Um. Now, Christian, I have a question for you. Which fight do you think won the fight of the night and earned the two fighters a contract with Deke? Well, I don't know, but first of all, before we even get to that, yeah, I think that when it comes to, you know, I think that if Jay Hyuk Bang were to come back or if he were to immediately get put in there to fight in Ryzen or fight in Deke, I think it would be best for him to fight Ursin Yamamoto because of the fact that they both weigh in around that same weight class, 135, 145, 150 pounds. And I think it would be, you know, probably a damn good brawl if it weren't in brawl, <laughs> you know? That's true, that's true. Mm-hmm. And plus, as I'm looking at Jay Hill Fang's interview right now, I'm trying to put the phone close to my damn ears. Good luck. But the dude has a gift for gab, a gift for swagger, so to speak, and I mean, it's like I said, even though I could barely make out what he's trying to say in English and Korean, he basically said he wanted to thank his fans, team, and his girlfriend and all that, but still, I think that when it comes down to fighters like Bang, you gotta look after him carefully. You gotta make sure that, you know, he gets developed the right way because if not, he goes to these other promotions and ends up flaming out, you know. Yes, oh yes, yeah. you gotta capitalize you gotta capitalize on a fight on fighters, you know. And I think that Ryzen did that very well with uh, Gustavo when he beat Yachi, uh on that short notice fight then mm-hmm. exactly but it's like you gotta build up your fighters otherwise if they don't get built up the right way they're gonna fall out of they're gonna fall out of relevancy so to speak yeah. now going back to the fight that you asked me which one was you know worthy of these two guys getting a deep contract or possibly going to Ryzen I don't know I would have to say Choi versus Wustig. Uh, nope, nope. Do you want to take, get one more guess, or would you like me to tell you what it is? Mm, 
So, the two fighters who won a contract with Deep International, the fighters was Kyontek Hong and Austin Petros, which was voted Fight of the Night. Oh, and how did you know this? Because obviously, when it came down to the knockout of the night and the submission of the night, they were both won by the Korean fighters. Song yeah. Bong Kim knocked out Eve Takuyo, and Jay Shook submitted Joey Christostomo. Well, you see, here's the thing. Huh? They, they did announce it during the, uh, remember they had the little post-fight thing where the, where the announcer mm-hmm. came in? But unfortunately, you couldn't hear shit. So I had to get my my information from the from a uh, the G, the Guam Sports uh, Network. Let me, let me double check. It's GSPN. It's called. Let me just uh, get the full name of yeah, it. Yeah, I hope they don't get sued by Disney for that shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is the GuamSportsNetwork.com. That's what that's what their full name is. GSPN. Mm-hmm. So and yes, um, it um. It, they they basically wrote about the uh, about the fight and do 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 the both fighters displayed exciting striking ability but neither fighter would be finished which would result in a draw nonetheless their performance would earn them both a contract with Deep International um, it means a lot to be able to get this contract dreams come true I've been training hard for the past year and a half and haven't been able to compete because of injuries and weather conditions and tonight it was awesome to compete especially in front of Guam fans. Um, and that, that was from Bang, right? Yes, yes, it was. Now here's the thing: I was I had a problem with when they said that that two fighters would earn fight the night contract. So this whole thing is about they want fighters to finish, right? So when I heard uh-huh. that they wanted that 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 a fight the night would be would be or would be a would, they would get a contract, I'm then thinking, so then that probably means that there has to be a fight that doesn't end in a finish, because most fights that were most fights that we see, at least they get like the UFC fight of the night honors. It tends to be no finish. It usually goes to a decision. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do like fights that that get a finish become fight of the night, unless it's like a five rounder, three round, it goes all three rounds or four rounder. But these were going two rounds, one ten minute, two five minute, or in some cases two five minutes. So now I'm thinking. Oh, that's a little bit strange. It should shouldn't it be the performance. Or should it be the the finish of the night that should get the fighters a contract, not so much a fight of night? You know what I'm saying? No, but probably so. I would think probably so. You want the people who who are going to finish the fight, you know, to, to I would presume to to be on your card. The performance of the night's a little bit. I don't know. It 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 it, it, it kind of like it seems like it almost encouraged a fight to go to a draw. In my eyes. Right, right. Do, do, you, do you see that at all, perhaps? I mean, I think that for future events, they should. Um, would you have given that the fight of the night, Christian? Oh, you mean given the Bang Petros fight yeah. the fight of the night? No. Yeah. Probably wouldn't because, of course, you would need to have fights in and a finish in order for them to be qualified, right? Well, no, no, that's the problem. Is that I feel like that the fight that the fight at night uh, thing encouraged fights to not end that to go the distance, because usually that's how fights. That's usually most fights that are considered fight of fight 
like by the year contenders or don't that end that end in a decision tend to be those fight tend to be those types of fights that just go to decision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, here's the thing: I have no problem with them giving giving it that that fight that fight, but you know, I actually really enjoyed the opener fight a lot between the two novices. But also, imagine giving two novices a, a contract to deep as like their second promote second pro fights. They be mm-hmm. they would be killed, and uh, no, I don't. Well, they wouldn't be killed, but it would not be. It would not be. I would not recommend. Doing that. Yeah, they would basically be demolished from the second they stepped into the cage or ring for deep. So, by the way, also, uh, just to let you know as well, tickets to the show went for $50 and $100, um, mm-hmm. which I'm really surprised about because that's really expensive uh, for a first-time MMA show uh, in Guam as well. And, and, and this is what Manny Busan said about a brawl, too. I'm going to talk to my team. We may be looking at July... Usually dry all around the world is International Fight Week. We may do a Fight Expo here around that time. So, Christian, what do you think? Would you be up for a brawl too? If they stream it on YouTube, yes. If they improve on their graphics and on their production for YouTube, yes. If they have some quality fights, you get damn right on it. But as far as what they can learn from Brawl 1... I think that it would have to be, I mean, I think that they would have to do a monumental effort trying to, you know, fix everything, because the commentary was off, you could barely hear the promo videos, you could barely hear the fight interviews, and oh, by the way, all the fighters came out to the same exact tune over and over again. Um, I mean, it was like some old school UFC shit, really, even though... We live in 2020 now. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna bet though that's probably because YouTube has very draconian music rights issue things, and oh, if, right, you know, like five seconds of like any pop song, and the thing would be like demonetized and taken down immediately. So that they probably did that for copyright reasons. So I <laughs> I won't hold that against them. Um, yeah. It'd be cool if they could just like get like you know go to like one of those um. Um, website that like Ring of Honor does to get like those open source music things. Maybe just use like that or something. Wait a minute, Ring of Honor gets their stuff from an online music source. Yeah, it's like uh, it's, they yeah yeah. Um, if you look at those bands, they're like on like um, you can do like get those songs for like a dollar or twenty cents or something. Um, if you listen, a lot of the um, when New Japan used to do their overdub a lot of their themes for the wrestlers. They that's where they would get their, those those songs. They just go to there's some like music library where you can just buy a song and get unlimited rights to use them for like 20, 30, 40 cents. Right. Hey, WWE does it with some with some of their older uh, content. Hey, they they, they, they you know they'll always uh, double over the WCW or in, in the case ECW all of ECW themes. No, yeah, of course. They dubbed over an entire... I mean, obviously, they dubbed over all of ECW's soundtrack. Yeah. With the exception of their... With, their, with the exception of their opening theme from Harry Slash and the Slash Tones, of course. Now, here's the thing I also want to bring up. So, I did talk with Rock Martinez about the show. And he says that they eventually want to get on Fight. Um, on Fight TV, I should say. Um, I don't uh-huh. think that they're at that level yet. 
I think you need to build up your brand and just improve production, all that stuff. Get a little bit more name fighters, at least in the main event. You know, establish some sort of, you know, roster. Um, and then you can get on Fight. I know, listen, Fight has a lot of, like, trashy shit on there that they shouldn't even be on there. Um, a lot of, like, trashy, shitty wrestling, MMA, bare-knuckle boxing. So... I wouldn't be t- and not to mention now conventions and American football competitions. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, you know, you don't listen. You, you want people. Let's presume this quarantine thing is still going on in July when their when their next show is. Here's the thing: people mm-hmm. are going to be stuck at home and they want to watch something good. They want to see something that's mm-hmm. good. They want to see that something that's aesthetically pleasing and something that's going to be entertaining. And, you know, for as little as mu- and, you know, for as little as money as possible, because not a lot of people are going to be working, a lot of people are going to be unemployed or laid off or furlough or whatever. So I think YouTube is a way to go until things in the world get better. Or at least, you know, until they get some more name fighters for their show. And tweak a little bit of the rules, like the decision things. You know, I think have have an have a have an extra round if it, if it goes to a to a thing, and then after that, then you have the referee make the decision on who wins. I think you gotta do it like that. The whole idea of no judges is fine in theory, but it just it just doesn't work. Because you know, imagine imagine if you're an MMA fighter from Guam, you're Adrian Shearer or somebody. And then suddenly, like your record is like oh oh and five. Huh. And that would be crazy. Yeah, so re- like draws are or should be rare for a reason. And if everybody's getting if if everybody's getting a draw, and also you know it's gonna it's gonna make your promotion look bad as well. It's gonna you know if you want the everything to be, you know I would almost say that you have to almost offer and now like I said these fighters weren't paid. You have to offer some sort of award or some sort of monetary thing for for a finish you know just something you know you may not have you know have the you know um you know just like a finish bonus or something just something that that mm-hmm. gives them incentivizes them to finish i'll be honest a deep contract is not going to exactly i don't think is is exactly how you now like if you said like a rising contract okay you might have fighters you know going you know throwing caution to win a lot of stuff but I don't know about a deep contract. Mm, mm, maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know. I feel like you need something a little bit more, something that, that that makes them more thirsty to finish that opponent. You know, even if it, they if it puts them at risk of getting finished themselves. Exactly. Exactly. But overall, what? thumbs up. I give them a thumbs up for first MMA show, first MMA sh- major MMA show in Guam for like three. or Three years, you know, Rocky. It was a, it was, it's a great idea. Um, they have a good, a good amount of fighters. You know, there's little things they gotta work out. It's the first show, but listen, you know, it's free on YouTube. Definitely give it a watch. We can thank you, uh, Christian, uh, one of the writers for Focus Fights, who helped also timestamp uh, the uh, many portions of the show. Uh, so thank you for that because. I mean, you come to think of it, I only did that because of the two intermissions and one of them had a very, very unnecessary music performance and it was just like Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they brought out some like Guam Minion rapper or something. 
rap singer, really. <laughs> was he Guamanian or not? I don't remember. Yeah, he was a, he was Guamanian. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, doing that, you know. Uh, definitely will help, you know, uh, fans, you know, get through the show. I shouldn't say get through, but, like, watch the show. Because especially, the you know, putting the timestamps at the beginning and the end helps a lot. Um, but, yeah, you know, there was there was no, other than the heavyweight fight, there was really, no, and the uh, grappling match, there was really no bad fights, you know. It's, it's, good, it's a good show to watch because you get to see what talents in Guam and who you think, you know, who you like to see on a future show, who might be on a future UFC, Bellator, Rising show. Or in this case, Deep Show. So yeah, it's you know, I hope that the I hope it gets, I hope they improve. I hope they I hope they just can improve from here. Uh, you know, the worst thing that they can do is just you know, don't listen to the to like our suggestions and other fan suggestions, and they just, you know, they they um don't improve, and then it becomes unwatchable. So just yeah, that's that's all I can say about about brawls that you know prove. Improve the sound and all that stuff from here, and you know we'll definitely be happy to look forward to a future uh, brawl show. Right, right, of course. I mean, as far as for me, you know, if I were to give the fight a number grade, I would have to give it, you know, a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. I, mean, I know that would probably be a little harsh for a first time show, but. You gotta do something about the draws when it comes down to the show. Even though, yeah, those draws, some of those fights that ended up draws were pretty. Sorry, Christian, could you repeat that again? Jiu-Jitsu fight, I mean, the Jiu-Jitsu competition were some pretty badass finishes, but they have to do something about the draws in this fight because you don't want to wind up like KO Nation back in the early 2000s. And have fights end in a decision. Yeah. Um, Basically, you don't want to lose your promotion because you're putting out something that you know good and damn well isn't supposed to be there. You want your promotion to be known for finishes, which is obviously why you know promotions like Full Metal Dojo don't get a lot of credit because, of course, you know they live off the edge. They live on the edge, so to speak, but they produce some badass fights and some badass finishes, but the point of the matter is you gotta think of a better way to, you know, even out these draws, because not that your promotion ends up having draw after draw after draw, or you know, have a whole show full of draws, like that one Left Way in Japan show I watched. I mean... You're gonna have problems trying to get this thing on a fight or on the fight pass or even, you know, you're gonna have trouble getting fighters to rise it or deep or any other promotion like that, pretty much. Because they're gonna see all these draws on the record and they're gonna think they're not really that good of a fighter. <laughs> um, yeah, and also improve the sound quality. Use some direct audio feed from the promos and from the microphone so, and so we can hear what these fighters are talking about after the fights and what the announcer is saying um, from a technical perspective. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And if, yeah. Again, if you want to check out Brawl, you can check out their official YouTube channel uh, at Brawl International. 
it's uh, it just, just type search for it on YouTube or on Google. Type in Brawl International, and it'll be one of the first results you'll see. And, you know, I if you're on YouTube as well, just type in Brawl MMA. Actually, no, type in just Brawl International. If you type in Brawl MMA, you're gonna get a lot. <laughs> you get a lot of things. So Brawl International, and then make sure you look at the first comment on the uh, on the uh, on the bottom uh, for focus mm-hmm. fights, and it'll have all the timestamps and all that. Definitely. Uh, Use that when uh, watching this show if you don't have enough time uh, or you just want to see certain fights and all that stuff. Basically, if you don't want to see a whole lot of miscellaneous teams and just want to see some good fights, you know, search Ball International, click on the video for the first show, see that little timestamp list, and you'll be good to go looking at some great MMA action from the island of Guam. Yes, great. And uh, with that, Christian, uh, I'd like to pass off on to you the usual closing social media things. Yeah, the plugs on social media, which, of course, I did mention earlier on. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you follow us, we'll follow you back. I'm on Twitter at ChrisGary92. Andrew Benjamin is on Twitter at abenja one B-E-N-J, by the way. The show podcast, I mean the podcast Twitter, at We Are Rising Pod, W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-M-P-O-V, all in one word. And as far as the rest of the plugs go, if you want to check out this podcast, you can do so on Twitter. I mean, you can do so, obviously, through Twitter, following the show podcast, or you can check us out on YouTube, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and hopefully soon, if we get our things in order, we'll be beaming to you through all podcast providers and services of choice, hopefully, when we get things in order. I mean, I'm trying to get Andrew on Podbean.com, but so far, it's a no-go. <laughs> as far as focus fights go, we cover prospects from all over the fighting sphere, and yes, it's not it's not flat, it's round, and it's all around the world, except for Antarctica, of course. But if you want to follow that, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Focus Fights, or just search for us on YouTube or through Google. Click it on YouTube through the Focus Fights. I mean, it'll direct you to the Focus Fights YouTube channel. And also, of course, if you want to follow... Uh, if you want to follow, uh, damn it. if you want to follow the best damn fight from all areas, just follow the MMA Opinion on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash/TheMMAOpinion. I promise you. Even though we're going through a downtime right now, promise you, you won't regret it. Uh, and other than that, I would get to the usual Ryzen and Fight TV plugs, but of course. Ryzen and Fight TV, they're not really on good terms right now. We'll talk about that down the road if we even get to a Ryzen 22 preview. Here's what we can do, though, Christian. We can we can uh, plug the Brawl social media uh, uh, instead. Well, yeah. Of course, if you want to follow the Brawl YouTube channel, you can go ahead and... I've been Brawl International on YouTube. Make sure to type in Brawl International because 
type in Brawl MMA, you're going to get a whole lot of results that you don't want. Or, if you want to follow the head man of Brawl MMA directly, you can follow Rocky Martinez on Twitter at RockyMartinez85. And now, one more thing I want to get to before the close of this podcast is, have you heard about John Cruz Tuck as of late? I... Yes, unfortunately. Uh, he unfortunately had some sexual assault allegations laid against him. I believe it was last week. He's actually out on bail now. Um, there are allegations right now. Um, I'm not so sure exactly what the, how it is how sexual assault is treated in Guam or if there's sexual registry or any of that sort. All I can say is hopefully it's not true. Hopefully, you know... That it's I was either a misunderstanding, or that you know it's, none of these allegations are true because if they are, he and Abel Trujillo can be best best cellmates, uh, uh, if it's if it turns out to be true. So I will render judgment until a verdict uh, is made, um, but you know we'll probably won't see uh, Tuck and uh, fighting in Ryzen for a while. Uh, Rise in Bellator, and probably you know, um, I don't think you'll see him at Spike Twenty Two anymore. Probably you know he was on this show. He did corner some fighters. This is probably the last public appearance we'll see of him in a while. Maybe the I mean obviously, if it is true that he did, you know, sexually assault a child, he can go ahead and kiss that relationship with Spike Twenty Two. Goodbye. Oh, absolutely. Because ain't no way. I mean, if they end up keeping him, then that will ruin their reputation. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, here's the thing. I mean, also think about it. If the Yamamoto family have already found about, about, I mean, if, if the Yamamoto family already found out about this, Miu and obviously Urson themselves, if they already found about this, they need to cut their termination. They need to cut their ties with him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I will, you know, he, you know, I think it's fair to say that he's probably the most famous MMA fighter to come out of Guam. Would you say? Would you, I, I definitely would definitely say that, because um, he was like the when he got signed to UFC. Um, yeah, it was, you know, the whole thing was that he's from Guam. He's from Guam. He's from Spike Twenty Two. He's from Spike Twenty Two. Uh, he's like that one fight. You know, it's kind of like Manny Pacquiao in the Philippines. He kind of like just represents. He's a the entire country as an MMA fighter, uh, or yeah, as uh, Tuck's case, MMA fighter. Um, yeah, all I just say is, you know, hopefully it's not true. You know, hopefully he's found innocent. If not, yeah, he can go fuck himself. He can start a, he can have some unsanctioned fights in prison, and hopefully he'll lose. Oh, uh, come on, you have to be that damn harsh. If it, if he, uh, if it's true, if it's true, I'll say. If he's, if he's found guilty. Understood. But also, before, uh, before you go on, Christian, I do want to plug Brawl International's Instagram. They do have an Instagram. It is at, okay, uh, at Brawl, I-N-T-L, Brawl, I-N-T-L. Um, as well, they do have a Facebook page, Brawl International. Um, I don't know if they have a Twitter yet. I know that Rocky Martinez just created a Twitter, so you can obviously follow him on that as well. Um, well, well actually, come to think of it, if you want to check out Twitter, all you got to do is type in the words or type in the hashtag, draw I-N-T-L. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, 
Let me see. Yeah, uh, let me just let me just uh, scroll into national. I don't think they have a Twitter though. So it looks like they just have Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and also you can just follow Rocky Martinez on 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 Twitter as well. So, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we will be back with some more content. Uh, yeah, because we're gonna have a lot of time to do this, considering the fact that everybody's getting quarantined left, right, center across this country and around the world. But still, it's been fun going through Brawl International with y'all. Hopefully, we gave y'all some pretty good insight about this new promotion that y'all should be checking out. We thank y'all for being a part of this podcast, and we thank y'all for listening to us. Via the We Are Rising podcast. Until then, peace, my peoples, one love world. Take care, drive safely, take care of others as others will do for you. And as Lenny Hart always likes to say, We And just like that, we out this mug. Talk to y'all later. Peace. And wash your hands. And wash your hands, folks. Yeah, exactly. Wash your nasty hands for 20 seconds.